0: Welcome to a special episode of my Best eleven podcast. Today, myself and Marv are both proudly wearing our England shirts. We're releasing a one-off special. We're not one of these podcasts that's going to keep going and flogging the Euros to death. But we've been engaging with you guys as fans over the past few um, weeks. And you have been picking your Best eleven for the England um, first game against Croatia. So myself and Marv, what we're going to do, we're going to go through your, your team and we are going to basically give our own two cents worth and say whether we agree, disagree, um, and give the reasoning why. Um, so um, before we get into that, I just want to very briefly, um, obviously England, Lewin's at your heart, Marv. Um, England, England, um, to a full extent, to a certain extent, and just talk us through the first kind of memory you have of watching England and um, kind of going to watch their first going to watch their first game live. you mean
1: watching an England game at going to the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, watching it on TV or me, watching on TV. experience say. But, you had of England, really? Right. So, yeah. Um, again, it's, we'll have to go back a long way, Andrew. It's oh, probably the game where I remember Kevin Keegan um, scoring, dribbling through and corner. I think he, he chipped it. I'm not sure if it was against Scotland. No, it couldn't be Scotland, was it? Anyway, it was, it's, it's in the 70s. We're talking in the 70s. Um, because um, my first FA Cup final was the Liverpool-Manchester United in 77. So we're talking in the 70s. So probably right about the just before... What was it? We're too young now. 78. It was the Argentina World Cup. 78 was Argentina, yeah, 82 was... Yeah, 78, yeah. yeah. So just, just around about there, that was my probably my first time experiencing um, an England game live. So um, ever since then, I've been a, a supporter of England and I'm not one of those ones who's always thinking that we're going to win it, if whatever tournament it is. I'm a realist, believe it or not. And, we'll get um, on to your prediction at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, from a very long time, but I can't actually remember the actual gaming question. Sorry. It's yeah, no, time. no.
0: So, um, oh. when you were a kid, um, obviously, kind of growing up and things, I'd have thought probably Spain 82 was the first big one that you really remember, or was it more kind of Mexico? Yeah. Sorry, was it more 86? And can you, can you obviously coming through as a footballer as well? Um, at that time, particularly in '86, coming through, starting to come through the youth ranks, um, was there lots of talk about it just around the youth teams and things like that? I
1: will mean, be totally honest with you, it's it's '78 is, is the one I remember, like my yeah. very first one I just remember because, um, just remember the, um, the confetti or whatever you want to call it on the field and in Argentina and I remember that being um Mario Kempes I think that was him his world his World Cup he scores um in a fantastic final um against Holland I think it was something like ended up three two or something like that to Argentina really, really like a top World World Cup. And um the ball I think it was the ball as well was 82 it might have been the world. the world cup ball it was that Adidas ball which used to and then we, we eventually had them when when we when I first joined Luton and it was like oh my gosh look that's, that's the world cup ball the Adidas the official ball that was the ball we were using in training. and training and when they used to come in to um the the training ground and obviously brand new world cup balls we used to just get out there and just like hit these balls. Oh my God, look, this is in the air. Look, just like in the World Cup and they used to move and that stuff. And so that was the first time when the the World Cup had an effect with about a ball, which was like instrumental in making the game even more exciting for us players because that was the best ball. I mean, up up until then, you had your, your mitre, the one with the little red marks on it and stuff, but it was just a mitre ball. But the World Cup ball itself... What's the one that made it more, more interesting?
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. For myself, it would be the 1990 World Cup was the first one. I was six. Italia, Yeah, Italia 90. Um, I remember my dad let me stay up and watching some of the games and just the whole thing on BBC Pavarotti, the whole, it was just incredible. Um, but one thing I remember, and some of the listeners may remember as well, was um, we used to collect the coins from was it texaco or Esso? one of those petrol stations you you, you had your you had your little um it was kind of before football stickers ready for my age group and things like that so i remember my dad used to go in there and he said oh which ones have you got open them up in the car and trying to fill them all out it was absolutely fantastic and yeah remembering that was was awesome um
1: see i'm I'm, again showing my age the, the panini book the sticker book
0: I was going to get into that and then Panini stickers and and then the Panini stickers throughout the whole time. And even now, um, I remember I was at university and me and my mate, um, actually James, who interviewed us on um, his own podcast, um, we at the age of 22 still were collecting football stickers. It's a bit less fun then because you can just (laughs) buy however many stickers you want um, rather than, you know, you kind of when you were a kid. it's pocket money day. I'm going to go yeah. down and buy my own one. So when you get a bit older, it does lose a bit of the charm because you can buy whatever you like and buy boxes and stuff like that. So yeah, but um, anyway, we indulge ourselves and we're here to talk about the, the best 11 of the listeners. So um, when I put this out um, with you, with suggestions as well from yourself, this was about which, which game, um, which team we think we're going to have for creation. Now, since then, our right-back, number one right-back, which we're going to get to, has been injured. So there has been a slight tweak we're going to make to the team. Um, but in terms of this, first up, um, we're going to play 4-2-3-1, which is the formation that Southgate's played and seems to be playing the most, if he's got his full set of players available. Now, he may not on the day, obviously, but that's, this is just why we went off. So, um, interestingly... Goalkeeper, forty-seven percent of our fans picked Pickford, and forty-seven percent of our fans picked Dean Henderson, and that's out of sixty people. So on Twitter, that's not a bad um, poll poll number. Um, Pickford or Henderson? Which one, Marv? Henderson for me.
1: Henderson. Henderson. Yeah, I mean, Pick, I mean Pickford's been the regular goalkeeper in most recent tournaments, and I just feel that. Henderson needs his opportunity to come through and have a chance now to take a claim in a major tournament. Okay, Does it worry you? Because it worries me.
0: I personally go Pickford. And the reason is it worries me about the lack of first-team football. And surely a keeper is playing week in, week out. Henderson has not been doing that at United. Do you want a beat? Does it worry you having a basically reserve team goalkeeper, number one for England?
1: <laughs> the way you make it sound here yeah, is that, um, and, and I, I get what you're saying. No, you, know what saying. you know what I'm no, saying. You know what I'm saying. know I know. No. I know, week know. in, week out means a hell yeah. of a. It, it 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 does. It does. I mean, I'm just. I mean, I'll probably be one of those managers who, who, who the, the the press and the whole uh, would be, like thinking, what's he doing? He's, he's not even playing again. I, I, again, I mean, I just like the, to try and be different in in some way. And give people opportunity, but it's just—it's it's just the way it's just—it's just the way I am, you know. Yes, you're probably right—the lack of games and 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 stuff being involved week in week out. But I flip it and say, well, listen, he's ready. He's sharp. He's, hes not. I mean, he's not burnt out. He's not. He's not having to maybe think that he's had enough of football. He'd, he'd be nervous. Don't get me wrong. But I think I mean, listen, if he had a major, major disaster game in the creation game, then I'll I'll, I'll probably would change it back. Yeah, I made a mistake, but who knows? You mean, you're not going to be out after one game. Put it that way.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned burnout there, and this is asking you as a fan to to an ex-pro. You mentioned burnout there, COVID. The players have pretty much been going now for, you could argue, two seasons straight. I know they had a bit of time off um, in kind of March, April time, 2020. Which means they've been going now for 14 months straight, you probably say. Um, is that going to be an issue? And is that an issue for all players, just young players, particular positions?
1: I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we, we, we'll, we'll probably get onto it a little bit later when we get onto the positions more. But I mean, there's, there's some key areas in play, and, and where we have positions where we have some players who are injured or are not going to start the tournament. That for me is gonna be probably the the problem should you want to or should Gareth want to try and include these players in the latter stages of the competition if we do well. So that for me, I mean, I would be like I mean, like we spoke off air, I would be very upset, especially if I was playing, did well, and then we get to the, the quarterfinals and now McGuire's fit, right? Sorry, Marv, but um, I'm going to go with experience. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm on the I'm 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 on high. Listen, we've got to the knockout stages. I mean, you you put me involved me in the squad in the first place. So you think obviously I'm I am good enough at some point to maybe play or start in this tournament? I've started. We've got to the whole thrown stage. Why? I, mean, I just I just not make sense to me. So in answer to your question, yes, probably more so with regarding the players who are not fully fit who are injured are going to be more of a worry for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll move into, as you're talking about Harry Maguire, what we'll do is we'll go a little bit different to what we normally do on the podcast. We won't go straight to full backs. We'll go straight to center backs. Um, And 83% of our, of our fans um, said that they would said that they would play Harry Maguire if he is fit. Um, And next to him, this was so clear 84% 84% of them then said they would pick John Stones. So the Harry Maguire poll had Harry Maguire, Conor Cody, Ben White and Tyrone Min- Mings. 84% said that sorry 83 said they pick Harry Maguire. The second set had John Stones, Tyrone Mings, Ben Godfrey and Conor Cody and again 84% said that. So it's looking pretty clear that England fans think Harry Maguire and John Stones. So being Two questions to you. Number one, be in a perfect world. Would you, and that everybody was fit, is that the starting pair you'd have? And question, second question is, with Harry Maguire not being fit, who would you have next to John Stones If oh. you pick John Stones?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'll, I'll come across that in a minute. But in answer to your first question, if in an ideal world, if everyone fit, is fit for the start of the tournament, yes, I would pick Harry Maguire. And I would pick John Stones because I feel that he's had a fantastic season with Manchester City. I know that in the past people have said, "Oh, he's like a little bit like of a prone to a mistake or Well, listen, everyone is. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I made I made numerous mistakes and, and still went on to have what I would call um, a successful career where I played over four hundred games. So, you know, I mean, that's part and parcel of the game. And I just feel that John Stones has been given a bit of a rough time, just for maybe a few performances when he first got into the team. And, and he's in, they've got on the league this year, so John Stones would start for me. Aaron McGuire, if he was fit, yes, I would start him 100%. Those are the two Aaron I would go with.
0: And second question, who would you start for Croatia?
1: It's um, a good question. I really do like Ben White. Um, I As a like, centre-back yourself,
0: what yeah. would you want to see? Blood, it's guts, like, movies, uh, Terry Butcher style, or would you, or because no. you're playing next to John Stones, you need that, or because John Stones is a bit more of a finessey kind of player, or do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, 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 but like, uh, I think, just in, in, in the in the era of what we are, we, we've moved forward so much more now than but um, Terry Butchers of Well, world, I'm not saying Terry Butcher's not a, good, a very good centre half here, I mean, I said, I suppose the, the closest one similar in what you were talking about with blood and guts and throwing everything on the line is um John Terry who played yeah. for him. But again, if you look at John Terry, he was very comfortable in the ball. So even to that extent where you're, you're looking at that sort of diehard sort of um centre half, I mean, even to, to today, I, said, I suppose the really original, like, player who's going to be thrown themselves on the line, even those players of today are going to have good, comfortable skills on the ball. And I like Colin Cody as well. Colin Cody has is, 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 is been one of those players who started off at Liverpool, um, didn't quite make, obviously, or break into the first team. Moved away, went and got a career and made a, a name for himself. Now at Wolves, um, captain, and and, and, he, and he can do both. He's, he's aggressive and he can and he can play. So
0: have you talked yourself into
1: Cody next to John Stones? I, I think so. Just because, I mean, like I said, I like Ben White, but I just feel that... He's Monty young. Cody, he's young. He's young. I've got, no, got nothing wrong with being young, Andrew. I mean, I, got nothing. I just think like that Cody is just probably a little bit ahead of him yep. in terms of, obviously, experience-wise. I yeah. Like, and okay. also those, those Scousers, those Scousers, listen, nothing faces them, really. I mean, you can throw them in and it, it'll be fine. It, nothing faces those Scousers.
0: Um, Awesome. So we then are going to move on to the right back, which up until recently, Gareth Southgate seemed to have in his 28-man squad. He seemed to have 27 right backs. Uh, But now suddenly Alexander Arnold's injured and we have a calamity at the area. So um, in our poll, Alexander Arnold actually won with 49%. But second place on 25% was Kyle Walker. Third place on 16% was Kieran Trippier. And Rhys James was in fourth place on 10%, which if we're going to go through Alexander-Arnold now being out, that means therefore the fans would naturally, if you've got statistics, would pick Carl Walker. Um, I would have to agree with that. Um, I think because he still offers pace and experience. Um, He's just won the title at Man City. And I trust him more as a defender than I do either um, Reese James or definitely Kieran Trippier, who I see as more of a fullback than a uh, – sorry, more of a wingback than Wing a back. fullback. You're shaking your head, which means we're going to pick different right-backs. So I've gone Kyle Walker. Marv. Yes. Who you going? Trippier.
1: Kieran Trippier, <laughs> just for his free kicks? No, 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 not just for three kicks. But I just feel, I know you're right in what you're saying, is more of an, outs- I mean, an outside, I mean, a wing-back. But I just like Trippier, how he just gets forward. He's more, I just feel he's more comfortable on the ball, in my opinion, than... Um,
0: well, playing, playing in La Liga, you kind of have to be. Yeah. Not that the Premier League doesn't involve being on the ball, but you don't, it doesn't feel like you get as much time in La Liga... Um, I don't think anyway, and he's been over there now for a couple of years now. He isn't just a fleeting journey. He's now right. set, set himself as the number one right back of the champions of, of the champions of Spain. I mean, tell me the last time um, anybody did that. I think um, I can't remember off the top of my head the last person we had somebody who won a title in, um, right. in Spain. So it must be probably Beckham or uh, McManaman or somebody like that, I thought. So and and, and
1: going and, and going. To against your um, your reason why I'm saying, you're, you're saying, well, you just feel that Walker's a better defender, which, which he probably could be. But, I mean, why are we going there to be just to sit on the heels and defend? No, the be, my best form of defence is attack. And Trippier will be, like, getting forward. And if we're in, if we're in the opposing team's half, most of the time, he's not going to need to be defending. And, and if we're going to dominate a game, just on a personal note, I feel that Walker's Probably only going to be able to just get overlap and just get and just put the ball in, rather than being more savvy-minded with the ball. Okay. As you, as you probably as you probably can notice, I might my, my the team I'm probably going to be paired with is, is is more like a tick attacker team.
0: <laughs> it's because you've done the coaching badges, so you got that you've got a different mentality to fans, I think, as well, because you sit a bit more. Tactically and and that and also because you work with youngsters, and I think that's the other thing as well that maybe you see a lot more youngsters and know that's going to come through, especially as we go forward in the team. Um, so left back, um, there were three options we gave our fans; they had the choice of either Ben well Luke Shaw, or I did chuck in play a right back instead at left back just to see if because there was a lot of talk. Well. You laugh, but there was a Kieran Trippier played there against um, Austria. He played left back, um, and we even played. Was it Ben White played? Who played at right back? Somebody weird played at right back the other day. Um, it wasn't Ben White. It was somebody else. I can't remember yeah. who it was. Um, but they played. They're playing different curve balls. But I really think effectively, you have got the choice of Ben Chilwell or Luke Shaw. I would go for Luke Shaw. I think he's earned it. I think he's shown a lot of character to come through the Mourinho years. Um, and I think that deserves a hell of a lot of credit. And again, I don't think Ben Shilwell's had a, had a pretty good, I mean, he's won a Champions League, but he's not a starter. And I want to see players who play week in, week out. And I want to get away from this mentality personally of, we pick the same old England team. No, it's, based, it's picked upon. Yes, you can do it. and You've proven it at international level but also form. And I think Shaw goes in there with form. Chilwell's been in the team.
1: I know. And I mean, that's one I do agree with you. I mean, I, 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 I was tempted to put Ben on in there again, because I just like how he's on the ball and he's got, I mean, natural left foot, which he can just, I mean, he can pick passes out from from deep, from, from high up the field. He gets forward. I know he gets I'm goals. Yeah, he gets goals. Luke Shaw does all that. And for that reason, like you said, he's had a good season and he deserves his opportunity. Excellent. So
0: So we've got Luke Shaw in there as well. Um, So, so far, we have totally different teams, actually, and we'll wrap them up at the end. Um, We're now going to go into midfield. So we've now got two players who are playing um, in pure midfield. Now... I'm not going to say if they're a holder or they're not a holder, because I think this could be up for debate as well. Um, the first um, the first one picked by our fans um, was a choice between Jordan Henderson, Calvin Phillips, or James Ward-Prowse, of which Jordan Henderson came out on top with 56%, James Ward-Prowse on 31 and Calvin Phillips on 13 I would agree. Uh, uh, do you know what? I'm about to talk myself out of this. I wish we'd have gone James Ward prowse but we didn't. Right. I because I think he's he is his past completion, his past like completion you. rates incredible. His fitness is incredible. He's one of only two outfield players to have played every second of the Premier League season. Um, which means clearly he's got the fitness and the stamina to fit in seven games if we make it to the final, eight games and in, in the space of 30 days but I think he's a baller. I think he's a link man. Um, And I think he can play the ball sideways, forwards, wherever he wants to do. I'd have picked James Ward-Prowse, but he's not a squad. So I would therefore default back to, I'd actually pick Calvin Phillips. And that's because I think Jordan Henderson's fitness is not there. And I think he'll just pick up another injury. The guy has not kicked a ball since February until he missed the penalty on the weekend.
1: Um, I'm I'm in agreement with you. Um, Henderson again this is probably similar to the Maguire situation, where I feel that you need to take you need to take him. I mean, his experience and stuff like that. But you're going to have to go with someone else to start off the tournament. And I feel that Calvin Phillips definitely deserves an opportunity. I mean, I like James Ward-Prowse. I'm surprised that he didn't get an opportunity to go because he's a, he, like you said, he's a he's a decent decent player, more than decent player.
0: And with Henderson's fitness, that's what surprises me. With Henderson's fitness, how he's not going.
1: Yeah, I mean, so do you, are you saying leave Henderson behind?
0: No, I'm saying take Henderson, but with a 26
1: man squad. Which one? Go on, I'm bringing this one. Who are you leaving out then? Which one? You taking Ward Prowse?
0: No, I'll take and i would take Ward Prowse. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't have taken um, three right backs. I probably wouldn't have taken Reese James personally. I'd have dropped Reese James out. And I keep Ben. I've actually had Ben White in from the first place because I think when you've got Maguire, you need an extra person. Then, and if you're insisting on doing this, and then you feel to insist on taking Henderson, I get why, then you have to have an additional one in there. So, I drop Reese James and bring in James Ward Prowse personally.
1: Okay,
0: good point. So, we've both gone Calvin Phillips for the opening game. Next to Calvin Phillips. Now, this is going to be the one that I think is is the most difficult to pick. So we're now going to start to have to work out where certain players are going to play. So you've got to forward think your team, Marv. Right. So they have four choices to play next to Jordan Henderson. They have a choice of either Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, Calvin Phillips, or Mason Mount. And I think the big debate is whether or not you want a a, a forward attacking-minded midfielder next to Calvin Phillips or Jordan Henderson, or you want a, um, a ball player box-to-box. The fans picked Declan Rice just on 43%, followed by Mason Mount on 39 and Bellingham got 11 And I wonder if Bellingham would have got a lot more post his performances in the friendlies, because he actually played pretty well. What are your thoughts, Mark? So you've got a choice
1: of a Declan Rice, Bellingham, Phillips, or Mount. Again, just putting it out there, I think the listeners have gone for Rice because he's a safe bet. I think he's more more of a case where he's going to be more defensive and hold back than the other ones you've you've given us to to select from. Um, Personally, I would probably, again, how I think um, attack is the best form of defence, Mount, Mount, Mount will do both. Yes, he'll probably get, he can get forward a little bit more. I'll probably um, create and try and pop up with a goal here and there, even from that position. So I would go for
0: Mount. Thomas Tuchel came out the other week and said that he does not think Mount plays best in that particular position because it's similar to what Chelsea play. That's why he plays Jorginho, Kante, um, or even Kovacic in that position. Does that worry you? but you picked him in there. I'm just here to play devil's advocate. Right. Does it worry you that you picked him in there and his club manager says it's not his best position?
1: No, no that's I, like I've, I mean, I've, just explained explain that, I feel that I know what, you, I mean, literally what you've just said there, and like, Rice right, would probably give you a little bit more of um, a security, but like I said, I want us to be on the front foot and not the back foot. I mean, I'm not picking um, Mount because... Um, I feel that we're going to be under the cost. I'm saying that we're going to be the ones taking the games to most teams. And so, therefore, I want, in my opinion, the most creative and most positive thinking players on the team. And everyone's going to turn around and say, yeah, but, you know, you'd have some defensive minded players in there. That's why we've got defenders as defenders and not like midfielders. You pick Calvin Phillips Phillips. to shield, haven't you, to be honest? That's yeah. what Alan Phillips is
0: there for. It's not as if you've gone for Mount and Phil Foden there. Correct. Just, yes, correct. Yes, that's correct. You has still got some sort of defensive there. I personally would go for Declan Rice. Not because I'm conservative. <laughs> um, but we're talking Croatia. I think England what, need to start... What, what do you mean? Hold
1: on, hold on, hold on. What do, what do you mean we're talking Croatia? What, what, does that, what does that mean? We're talking about
0: England. If we need to start a tournament well... And we've then got our easier on paper games against Scotland and Czech Republic after. So I would play Rice in the first game and see how it goes, and then I'll probably drop Rice and then play Mason Mount for the next two games.
1: I, I probably could I probably could get this wrong, but for me, the Scotland game is going to be harder than Croatia game. <laughs> I'm telling you what, you watch, I'm, I'm, I could be wrong, but look, Croatia, everyone's thinking about how Croatia, how they were when we played them in the last big tournament, and yeah, they've got, they got some very, very good players, but I just, I just feel that... Shut yeah, down moderation okay. stuffed.
0: Huh? Shut down moderation, they're stuffed.
1: Yeah, but even, I thinking the Scotland game is going to be, I mean, there's going to be there's that, just that rivalry. I mean, it's so, it's so close at home. You don't think so? I mean, you think it's going to be like a 4 nil England? Well, we'll see then. Exactly yeah, be like what I
0: had in my mind. 4-0, had in my head.
1: 4-0. Like, yeah, like, like they said, they were going to do that to Iceland, remember? Yeah. Who's positive now, Marv? No, I'm just thinking Scotland. It's close. It's, it's a, I mean, whole nations. Just, it, it, could be, it could be, listen, it could be Wales.
0: It could be... It Luxembourg one nil Luxembourg in a friendly, I'm not worried about the Scots. We're going to stuff them. And you can tell Graham oh, Alexander that as much as you that like. Is. You can ring him and tell him that for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to move on. So you've picked, um, you've gone you've gone attacking with Mount and I've gone Declan Rice. Yep. Moving on to, we're now going to go to the front, the kind of three who will now sit behind um, who eventually our strike will be, which is pretty obvious who it's going to be. Um, yeah. So uh, now you've got, and I'm going to rattle off a number of players here because we, I had to give them in terms of, you can only give four options in Twitter, but I didn't mm-hmm. think that gave the full set of options. So just so you're aware of the players that could potentially play in these positions, okay, is Raheem Sterling, Bakaya Saka, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, and have I said Mason Mount yet? Well,
1: he's in at the back, yeah, for the holding job. He, he, he meant picked him there,
0: but the fans didn't. So, in the number 10, so this is playing directly behind the striker, they had the choice of Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, and Mason Mount. My thinking mainly was because the rest of them, Saka, um, Sancho, etc., they play on the wide. So, they picked Jack Grealish, came out on top with 43 45%. Foden second, 33%, and Mason Mount on 21%. Jack Grealish has been likened to the most um, technically gifted player England have had since Gaza, mostly because of the position he plays in. Uh, Rooney potentially had the same type of skill set, but he had to play in a different role. But Jack Grealish can play in that same Gaza role. So Foden, Grealish, Mount, or unless you want to start shuffling everybody around, your choice over to you, Marv.
1: I've got Mount in the, um, next so, to Calvin Phillips. You've effectively got
0: Foden or Grealish or shuffle the rest around. Then
1: I would what one hundred percent before even the squad was announced. I would I would have definitely Grealish, Foden, and Mount in the, in my midfield. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Oh, so.
0: You gone so I agree with you. Grealish has to play, he has to start, he has to play. Um, he's he's gifted, and in the both the friendly games he changed ga- He's a game changer, and I know that yeah. word can be overused, but he is. He's a game changer. He can pick the pass, um, and I mean, with the greatest respect, he's also done it for Villa, and in a team like Villa as well, it means that he's going to be able to do it with the hustle the bustle, being kicked six foot in the air, um, which is what's going to happen to him. He's going to come off, and he came off in both of the friendlies with ice packs everywhere because he just gets kicked to pieces. Right. But he's used to that. And I think yeah. you're going to get that. As you're talking about the Scotland game. They're going to go after Grealish. There's no doubt that McTominay or somebody like that are just going to try and kick seven shades of out of um, Jack Grealish,
1: isn't it? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I listen, I hope, I, I, I mean, England do beat Scotland comfortably but I just have a feeling, I know you keep saying you little four, four zero, four zero, but I just feel that that game could be a tougher game than everyone's thinking it, it can be. So going back to um, your point with Grealish, Grealish is like for me is one of those players where he's come on to the scene and you can just see like he's a gifted player who loves to create, loves to s- express himself. And I love players like that. There's not enough players like that, in my opinion, in um, in the game and a lot of the time, you know, it would have been a case where that sort of player coming through would have been, oh, pass it, pass it, get it off your foot and all that. And, and that's why, I mean, a load more players of his, like, ability are not around because I do feel that, I mean, it's been bashed out of them. And People have said, Get the ball off your foot, pass it. You're dribbling too much. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, get your head up and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's fantastic that he's going to come through. And I feel that Phil Foden's a little bit similar as well. I mean, his dribbling skills are like unreal. I mean, the things what he can do with the ball, and you need players like that. The more players you have like that in your team, the better opp- opportunity you have got of um winning the game, in my opinion. Just that's just how I think. Um, so. We've got uh, Jack Grealish in there as a number 10.
0: We then move across to the left-hand side, and we know that I think you're going to agree with the listeners, um, is Rashford, Saka, Sterling or Foden. And 58% shows Foden, 19% shows Sterling, 15% shows Rashford, and poor old Bakaya Saka, despite scoring his first goal for England against Austria, um, only got 8%. Foden has to play, doesn't he?
1: And he has to. I mean, he—he, I, mean, he, I wouldn't say tailed off. I mean, I mean, Pep didn't use him as much, did he? Really, going towards the the latter part of the the season. But like, um, he's—you know—I mean, he's a young player. I mean, he's such a such a like talented player. And um, similar to Grealish, his dribbling skills are second to none. I feel that you give him the ball, and it's going to be one of those ones where defenders. I'm going to be scared to to, to put a challenge in him anywhere in and around the box. So, yeah, he he, he was a certainty for me.
0: Definitely, oh, I agree. And um, I love the way that. Have you seen his haircut already? His hair. Uh, you haven't seen it. You just woken up. No, I've not seen it yet. No, he's done, no. He's done a Gaza. He's he, he's bleached blonded it. It's <laughs> he's gone full on Gaza Euro '96. Um, he's gone full on white, which is quite interesting um, and they're quite funny. Um, I do think with Foden, um, it's really, really interesting to look at from the bigger picture, how you can see how young players can develop in different ways. And that's why I think the one side, and we've had this throughout the whole season, the podcast, whether or not you're talking to Sean Dyche, um, Steve Robinson, Mike Newell, whoever it is, they all say that there are different ways of coming through as a young player. You've got Phil Foden, who basically has sat on the bench, come through the under 20s, 19s, under 23s, working his way through to the Man City starting lineup. And he's got there. You've got Jaden Sancho, who left two years ago, three years ago, to go to Dortmund because he wasn't getting the game time at Man City. He's now in the England squad. And then you've got somebody like Jack Grealish, who went out and loaned to clubs like Notts County. Um, yeah. And he did it, and same as Harry Kane, and did it that way in terms of going out and loan to the non- lower league and working your way through, and they're all in the same squad. So it's really, really interesting to see how you can still get there, but there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, Is that something that surprises you, that all three are still open? Um, And which one would you recommend, or do you think it literally is a case of, depends on your position, the club, or your personality?
1: I think it has a lot to do with all those things you've just said, but I think the main one for me is, is, is the player itself the player themselves, if they, I mean, those like Grealish I and mean, Notts County and Foden, um, obviously, um, maybe not so much, but he, I mean, he come in, he come into the team as a, as a a youngster, young youngster. So like he, he showed the potential way, way, way where it was a case where they felt his progression and his ability to maybe affect a game was better for them to keep him in, in-house, as they called it. But still have him in and around the, the first team training, which 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 happens. I mean, and um, Kane even even Kane when he when he first burst on burst onto the scene, it was like Millwall, I think, on Norwich. He went on loan to um, a couple of clubs. And so, yeah,
0: well, Luton fans. He played in that game that Scott Rendell scored, and Norwich lost the FA Cup fourth round game to Luton.
1: That's right. That so game, yeah. that that in itself, these players wanting to play is the main thing for me. Because you, you get so many players who just want to, like, sit, like, at the club. Oh, I'm not going to um, Rotherham or whatever it may be, just to play for Rotherham to get minutes because I'm better than that. I'm at Chelsea. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And then, like, after a year or so, they get released and it's like, again, one of the biggest things managers would do, they would turn around and go, all right, This player's now been released. Let me have a look at him, whether to get him in at the club. How many games has he played? Like, not for maybe his parent club, Chelsea, but how many games has he actually played? I'm not talking about academy. Zero. Oh, but look at this player. Like, maybe not probably as a luxury or a luxury club maybe, but he's played over 72 games in League 2 and League 1. they've got experience so that for it in for me in itself that they want to play and want to not just sit there and rest on their laurels or their so-called obviously ability or potential what they're supposed to have makes me feel that because they want it they've gone out and got it
0: yeah no definitely um and when you were growing up as well as a youngster you spent a bit of time out on loan a few times was it hard was it tough? Or
1: I didn't, I didn't. I didn't go on loan. I didn't go on loan. I thought you went on loan to Aylesbury. No, no, no. That is, um, I, Leon Barnett went on loan to Aylesbury. I got Leon well, to go. You
0: went on loan to Aylesbury. So you've never been on loan anywhere. So you've literally no. only been a one-man club.
1: Yeah, literally. So I mean, funny enough, I. I mean, I was thinking when I think back. Ideally, it probably would have been. Good for me to go alone. I probably, I mean, I, I mean, I got into the team when um, I was 18 or 19, and it was like the old English first division, they're not the Premier League, but Mal Donachie and Steve Foster, as most of the Luton fans would know, were like a, a, a rock partnership. And and when Mal decided to leave or got the opportunity, shall we say, to go and join Manchester United, which you know no one can deny him that. It was a case where God bless him now. The manager Ray Hartford gave me the opportunity to try and stake a claim with Steve Foster at the back. And like I said, I mean, i I'm, I mean, I don't I don't I, don't, I mean I don't, no one has any regrets on any regrets whatsoever. I mean, it was probably, like I said, a bad fire that I'm like 19 years of age and I'm playing in a top division. Um in, one of the, in Europe, and I'm still trying to learn the game. So it was always going to be difficult now when I look back on it, but ideally probably if I would have like got kicked out of the team and, and which Ray did, he went and got um, on the centre-half, but I should have gone out on loan then probably, but I was still, I suppose, in and around the first team because obviously I'd played up to 24, 25 games. In the first season, and so he probably thought it was better for me to be in and around the first team rather than go out on loan. But like me looking back now, I would I would have probably been better to go out on loan, or on out on loan somewhere. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. So we are left with the right hand side of England's front three, or not front three behind a striker. Yeah. Um, which left them with left everybody with the choices of either Raheem Sterling, Bukayo Saka. Marcus Rashford or Jaden Sancho? I mean, what a set of players! England are quite lucky at the moment, or maybe it's just for English. We think this. Um, Raheem Sterling got twenty nine percent. Saka got twelve. Jaden Sancho got twenty four, and the winner was Marcus Rashford on thirty five percent, having just captained his con- country, uh, the youngest um, England player for I think it was about thirty years. To actually captain their country, got thirty five percent, so didn't finish too far ahead. Thoughts on Marcus Rashford and playing on the right because I know for United he plays on the left.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: cutting in on your right foot if you left if you're right footed.
1: I I mean, I know we're going to come to it in a minute, but I like Rashford up up top. I just like him as a centre forward. I know again, they play him on the left. United is it left they play him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, he's, and he's done well from there, but I mean, Sancho, I, know, you know, I love the thought that Sancho, Grealish and Foden, those three there now literally. Sancho, Grealish, like, Foden,
0: Mason Mount. Huh? Mason Mount, Sancho, Grealish and Foden.
1: Yeah. You're lucky, you're lucky I haven't got Bellingham in there. Just <laughs> <laughs> stick Bellingham in as well. Ah, we're fine. What, what could possibly go wrong? Listen, I did, I mean, you have got. I'm, I just don't think. Rashford, I, just don't, I just don't think Rashford is gonna do, is, is is gonna be bringing enough from there. I, I Sancho. I'm going for Sancho. I'm putting in Sancho, and then I'm putting on Rashford for the last twenty minutes. Cane up top.
0: So Sterling does not get near your team. No,
1: it'd be, be one of the subs. Oh yeah, the yeah, subs. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, in you haven't even mentioned him. That's the point no. I'm getting at. He's not even been mentioned yeah. by you. And I guess Saka's still young. Saka's only really just fully broken through at Arsenal. Um, and yes, he's a very, good I like very him a lot, though.
1: I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Very good sweet.
0: player. But I think he's a game changer to come on. And he's not, he's the level below Foden, which is why at the same age, Foden gets in and Saka doesn't. That's not to say that Saka's not an incredible player, but Foden's just, I mean, he, he'll be, if he keeps going with Guardiola, he'll be world-class. He'll be balanced.
1: Um, Saka, Saka, like you said Sacco for me will be one of those ones who come on because I know i would be able to trust him because just his his decision making which I think mean a lot of the game is all about it's just like he seems to be like near on 99.9% so I know in the latter stages of the game he's going to make the correct decision to when to release the ball and when not to release the ball. Whereas you've got Foden. Yes, I mean, he's created. I know that he might dribble and then oh, he's giving the ball away at that certain point. He's going to take more risk, in my opinion, than Saka.
0: No, I agree with you. Um, I would probably play Sancho. I totally agree with you. I think that people who haven't seen a lot of Sancho, you need to jump on Bundesliga. He had a very average start to the season but his second half of the season has been incredible and he shows he plays well um, when there's one player up front, which is what England are going to do. He's played it all season with um, Haaland at Dortmund and that's exactly what England are going to do. I think he's play one player up front. So, no, I agree with you, Sancho, which leaves us with the number nine, the number nine jersey. I didn't realise until I looked at the poll for this, there's actually only two... Out-and-out out number nine strikers? Because Rashford, I don't think, is an out-and-out out number nine striker. Or he hasn't no, been for a long while. It's really interesting. We've only got two out-and-out out number nine strikers, which is Calvert-Lewin and Harry Kane.
1: Yeah. There's nobody else I in the mean, score.
0: It's intriguing. Yeah, I mean... If Harry Kane gets injured, which he can, Calvert-Lewin gets sent off and we're chasing the game, then what? We're going to play Pep Guardiola's false nine.
1: Rashford, I told you that's where you like. I know you don't think he's gonna have Rashford, Rashford can do that on his own. He, and he can do that. I mean again, when they, when we say about a nine, um, someone who's a, a focal point to hold the ball up. But yet, but listen, Spain did it, they didn't have a no centre forward um one play time. They Torres and David. They're oh. Torres. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you didn't let me finish. See, I said no. In one game, I can't think what game it was. They played. They they had they had like a a six man midfield. or whatever. I mean, there was no. Oh yeah, Pep
0: plays, has played half the season without Aguero or Jesus. Yes. Well, again, well, Spain have done it
1: a couple. I mean, I can't think what yeah. a game Spain went had no recognised. They all midfielders, all midfielders in the, in the game, and everyone was just like. Again, we talk about formations. It's just like. Did they win, Marv? Yes, oh. they did. I can't believe yeah. they played. I couldn't think that they played. I think, but not, not by and the street, But No, but it was a case of where the, the formation is just something which has just given people some structure. You don't stand in those positions now, the four two three one. You don't stand on those positions. Greenish is not going to stay exactly in the middle of that, those two. He's going to end up on the left wing. He's going end up on the right wing. is going to be exactly the same. He's going to end up on the left wing the and right that's what wing. you want,
0: intelligent players. Yes.
1: Exactly, yeah. because like you're not easy to mark. Then you know you're not going to get. If we go with whoever uh, the Croatia back four now, they would normally expect to come up against the outside right back. Now would be playing against Foden. They're not going to chase Foden all the way across onto the right hand side of the field, playing from that. So that's what you want. You want that interchangeable position. Yeah, wait, wait, wait for somebody going,
0: like Chilwell or Shaw to bomb on. You kind of do. I go there. Do I? Yeah. Yes. No, exactly. I agree. With you. So, number nine, who who'd you play? Harry Kane or... Yeah.
1: Harry Kane, all day long. Harry Kane.
0: I, it, it's incredible. I I mean, we're recording this, and I knew this would be the case. I'm recording this. The poll's actually still going. But the poll is currently sat at 89% Harry Kane. So, yeah. I think we, we don't need to wait. No, it's, you can't. He can't he Captain, he, yeah. He's a finisher. He's... He's actually bought more into his game than he was at the last World Cup, which is the playmaking, the assisting. Um, first player to assist twenty goals and play. I think he's the first striker to have scored twenty goals and assisted twenty goals since Thierry Henry in a season. I mean, I don't, I, ever
1: don't, f- I, mean I don't know. Him. <clears throat> I don't know him personally. I don't know. I don't know anyone who does know him personally. But he probably. I'm probably guessing if if someone was speaking to him or speaking about it that's that's always been in his game that was probably always been in the game it's just that it's not been used and he's not and he's probably certain managers will say look i don't want you dropping back and just stay up top your goal scorer to do i've got players who can do that but that's probably something which has probably been in his game as a kid growing up because you, you've always seen even before he, he came the top goal scorer he did he had a vast array of finishes, different finishes, chips, curls, side foot. So that's, for me, like you're saying, it shows a technical, gifted player who can, who's who got a great awareness of people and the space around him.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. So we come to an end. Marv, would you like to reel off, if you can remember, your...
1: <laughs> I'm, doing,
0: I'm doing this to buy my own time. No, I've
1: got, got your... Your best eleven, Marv. When you Henderson. are Henderson, I got Henderson. I'm gonna go for right for left. Trippier, Stones, Maguire, If he's fit in the ideal, we're going in the ideal world. Correct. Ideal world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaw, Phillips, Mount, Foden. What? This is mine. This is mine. Yeah, it is it, keep going. Keep going. Oh, Foden.
0: I'm shaking my head. Grealish. laughing. I can't believe you played Mason Mount. Keep
1: going. <laughs> Foden. Grealish. Sancho Kane.
0: Sorry, I interrupt. I shouldn't have interrupted you. I'm sorry. I was shaking my head at I was shaking my head at You playing Mason Mount and it's I think it's bonkers. Um
1: so, <laughs> well, you, mean, well, you see obviously you talk to my wife a lot then because she thinks I'm bonkers.
0: <laughs> um so next, I've gone for Pickford, Walker, Stones, Maguire, Shaw, Phillips, Rice, um, Foden. Grealish, Sancho, and Harry Kane. What we're going to do is, um, when a podcast gets released, we will put out my, as in Andrew's, best 11, Marvin's best 11, and your best 11 that you picked. And it is down to you to decide which one will be best to go against Croatia in a perfect world. Which one would you think would pick up the most results? down to you to pick it and then what we'll do is we'll make sure we tag the England FA and Gareth Southgate you never know you might be looking I'm sure he's got a couple of spare hours around
1: is, it, is, it, is there not any of that um, one of those fantasy leagues there's normally a fantasy thing like you can pick you can, can we not let's just put them in the, the teams in I'll put my team in you put your team in we'll put the, the the listeners teams in we'll see and you can get points don't you throughout the tournament surely there must be something we'll like that
0: we'll see if we can work it out We'll see if yeah. we can work something out. Um, but yes, uh, so this gives us a second chance to um, officially say thank you to everybody for supporting us in our first season. Um, I know we had Enoch um, on a few days ago, but it was absolutely great for myself to, to kind of get to know the listeners. And we are going to be back in a, about four or five weeks' time. i give you guys a hiatus, catch up on some episodes Um, enjoy the sunshine if you're in England or in the northern hemisphere Um, and wherever you are listening from be it um, England, Ireland, Scotland, Australia, United States, India, Romania wherever it is you are listening from we say hello and we thank you. I'm thanking you and I am really looking forward to season two. Marv We've got some awesome things coming up season two, haven't we? And I just want to yes. let Marv finish off um, this podcast.
1: Yes, we have got some fantastic guests. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, I mean, which we've, we've had them um, confirmed with myself. But I'm not going to re- release any names as of yet because I don't want to jinx it. But going back to what Andrew just said, just want to say a, a big, massive thank you to every single listener all around the world. And um, it's just been fantastic. It really has truly been um, something which, I mean, is literally was by chance. Myself being interviewed by Andrew on his podcast and then him and myself having a chat off, off air. And, and and here we are now after season one. So it really has been Fantastic, catching up with some old friends, some old ex um, opponents, and like I said, um, we've got a real busy season two ahead of us, and it's going to be absolute fantastic. Awesome. If you have any names, chuck them at us.
0: Chuck them at Marv. We never know. We might be able to see what we can do. Um... We're not saying we're going to get them.
1: No. We're, like we'll 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 have a go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Marv will have a go. I've given him Dennis Bergkamp, so yes. we'll
1: see how we go. <laughs> Bergkamp, would be Bergkamp would be excellent. Bergkamp, I, mean, I, don't think, I mean, I haven't played against Bergkamp, so I mean it'd be a difficult one to see where, I mean, we, how we could get that one on. But, um,
0: yes. If anybody knows Dennis Bergkamp, please drop Marv, yeah. social media, whatever it is. On a serious Andrew note...
1: Andrew loves Dennis Bergkamp. That's the real reason. Andrew loves Dennis Bergkamp. Love him love him on a serious note thank you so much everybody um and that was
0: season one and that was our special episode my best 11 pod see you in a few weeks guys